Hi, and welcome back to another segment of Netflix and Show with Brittany and Camille. I'm Brittany. And I'm Camille. In the second episode, we will finally be talking about American Horror Story Season 1, Episode 1, Murder House. Da, da, da. <laughs> this episode aired October 5th, 2011. That long ago, if you can believe it. Wow. Yeah. And I guess we'll just start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things that I really enjoy is that, Camille, you did a lot of research on this episode. And yes, I tried. you did, I want to keep my phone lit up, <laughs> yeah, but you, you took a lot of notes, which I really, really like. Um, because it's something that I was not expecting, which I, you know, because you rewatch the episodes and you can watch them a thousand times, but there's a lot of things you won't catch unless you're truly looking for them. Exactly. The episode starts out with two kids running up to Murder House and this little girl stops them and says, you're going to die in there if you go in the house. You know, they brush her off, whatever, whatever, and the kids run inside the house, explore it. So it's kind of like our intro into the house. Well, it's abandoned. We don't know what happened in that house before. It's just a house to us, but it's really creepy, really dark, covered in spider webs, the whole thing. And they go into the basement, and it's like this medical area. Remember, there's... Uh, trays of medical equipment. There's jars yep. with yep. different body parts in them. And it starts getting creepier and creepier the more they explore this house. Yeah, but the entire time, as as soon as they walk in the house, they kind of look around and then they start smashing. And they just yep. like take like baseball bats to light fixtures. And there's that really happy music playing. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. even, when, in, like, even when they get into the, like, the basement, you know, and you're like, so you're still... In this mindset of, oh, you know, it's just some kids, you know, fucking playing around. But you still, because you know the show is called American Horror Story. Yeah. That you're automatically, something's going to happen. Right. And they're messing with this house so much from the beginning that they're going to make something angry. They're Mm -hmm. building up something and it makes you nervous for them. That they're just going into something terribly dark and awful. Yeah, but at this point, it being the first episode of the first season, we don't know what to expect. Right. We really don't. There's a kid that one of the kids leaves the room and the other one can't find him, tries to find him, calls his name, sees him hanging over something all slashed up, dead, done, over with. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> How many synonyms for the word dead can you find? <laughs> I'm going to keep trying. Um, yeah, so you, you know, and then you know that something bad is going to happen, which, you know, you, you walk into this episode and you hope someone's going to die in the first minute. Which, right. Oh, breath of relief someone did. <laughs> Thankfully. And this thing comes at the other brother and it... We don't know what it is. It's a person, maybe, but with super, super sharp teeth. Uh, Really white out face. Whoa, dress of some kind on. It happens so fast that it's like the director and the writer wanted you to be like, what? What was that? (laughs) Because the kid gets attacked and... 
<laughs> and then we just move on to <laughs> present day. And you're just like, ah, okay. Yeah. So you're just left in confusion and creeped out by whatever that kid was just attacked by. Yeah. Which is how any good horror movie would start. It's true. If you're hopeful. It's true. So then we move to the family that is going to be supposedly going to be living in this house. We don't know because... All it does is pan to Vivian, who's in the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And the doctor hints to her old age. She doesn't come right out and say, I've had a miscarriage, but he's trying to give her other options with stuff. And um, she's not she's not looking good. Not looking good. So she, <laughs> Thank she's, you, been, she's been through a lot, okay? It's been a lot. So she goes back home. And the house seems empty and abandoned, but she hears a noise, so she thinks someone has broken into her house. This is the house that they live in with before. This is not murder house. Right. They move this into, is you know. Right. So immediately, you are wondering who these people are because you're thinking, oh, you know, maybe these are the people we're gonna be following. But you're like, oh, that's not that's not murder house. And then you hear the noise upstairs, and she starts walking upstairs. We're thinking that someone's broken into her house. Mm-hmm. She grabs a weapon. Mm-hmm. She grabs a knife. I think is what she grabs. She grabs a knife. And the director, it's so cool how he does this, she goes into the bedroom and looks in, but we can't see what she sees. Mm -hmm. We only see her looking into the bedroom. Yeah. And you can hear her husband, who we later learned his name, Ben, apologizing. I'm so sorry. And she just looks struck. Yeah, she drops the knife, right? No, I think she holds on to it because she ends up slashing his arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just, like, her first instinct. He tries to, you know, touch her arm. I'm so sorry. Wait, don't leave. And she just turns around and gets his arm. Just mm-hmm. slashes him. And he stops and looks at his bloody arm like, did you just slash me with a knife? Yeah, blood? yeah, yeah. And it's really cool how the director does that because it's it creates an empathy with a character that we don't really know. Right. But, it, uh, oof. Sorry, <laughs> I burped. <laughs> but it, it creates a, oh an empathy God. with a character that we only see what their reaction is. And, and we have all felt that that gut wrenching, you know, like maybe not specifically that incident. Like adultery, but there's been some moment in our lives. It's just, like you said, empathy with this character that we've literally just met. Yeah. Vivian. Or at the very least, sympathy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it's like, we we know something bad has happened. We don't have to see what has happened. Right. But then, we see Ben nude for the first time. Yes, he's he's nude a lot in the pilot alone. We're not talking about the whole season of Murder House. This is just the pilot. He's nude quite often, Mm -hmm. more than I'm comfortable with, if we're being honest. Um, But then we cut to them, them being Vivian, Ben, and their daughter Violet Mm -hmm. in the car together driving to Murder House. Mm -hmm. Granted, this is just a house. We don't know that they're driving to Murder House. They're just going to look at a house. Right. And of course, there's not a big sign out front that says, Murder House, (laughs) come stay here. They're just going to look at a house. New start. We're good. We're fine. 
there's a moment in the car where Ben reaches his hand over to put it on Vivian's hand. Like a moment of, yay, we're doing this, we're okay. And she pulls her hand away really quick. Kind of a split second to show you they're not okay. Some time has passed, but they're not okay. Yeah. So they go to the house that they don't know anything has happened to. It's just a house they're going to look at. And the realtor shows them around. And Which is, you know, really kind of dumb because they only saw the house online. Mm-hmm. And then this is the first time they're seeing the house. Yep. And the realtor is like, oh yeah, Victorian lighting, yep. original blah blah blahs, and this and that. Yep. And Tiffany fixtures and ah, there's a bug on me. I didn't see anything. Anyway, but... Quality um, content, folks. Quality <laughs> content. But, um, yeah, and and if that's your first time walking in and you don't love it, you're SOL. Right. You know? Exactly. But it's like, you... I mean, they don't have a choice at that point, which feeds into why all of this stuff is affecting them so much. She, um, the realtor, um, is saying to Vivian and Ben... You know, I need to disclose to you that of the previous owners that something bad has happened. And Vivian kind of laughs and said, well, they didn't die in this house, did they? And she's like, actually, yes, they did. It was a couple. It was a murder-suicide. And they're kind of taken back. And we see Violet before she is told, you know, if anybody has died or anything. Violet goes off on her own into the basement and almost draws her into the basement the door kind of creaks open on its own and she goes in the basement Mm -hmm. checks it out she doesn't honestly look too scared even though the basement (laughs) looks very creepy and it's where those twins died in the beginning she checks out the basement she's back upstairs with her parents she hears murder suicide and asks the realtor where did the couple die where did it happen and the realtor says well the basement and Violet's answer is We'll take it. <laughs> and that's that's all she wrote about the house, apparently. Violet makes the decisions and they got the house. That's true. You know, teenagers. Teenagers. Um, yes, yeah, so sorry, I'm, uh, there's a bug on the wall. It was on my eyebrow. And now I see it. <laughs> um, one part I did write down, I forgot about this, that once the family moves into the house. Um, there's wallpaper covering up these paintings on the yeah. wall. And Vivian really likes the paintings. She's drawn to them just like Violet was drawn to the basement. Can't mm-hmm. explain it. But she likes the paintings. So she starts scraping off the wallpaper to show the paintings. And um, the little girl from the beginning that warned the twin boys about going into this house. The house that Vivian and Ben are now Adeline. in. Adelaine. We learn her name is Adelaine because Jessica Lang comes in. Oh, sorry. My daughter came in. She The back door is open. She just let herself in. And Adelaine tells Vivian, you're going to die in this house. Mm-hmm. Just like she did with the twins. And Jessica Lang admits, oh, she's always had a fascination with this house. Mm-hmm. Don't know what it is. She can't keep her away. Jessica Lang. Lang like bang. This is this is the first we see her in just 
good. I know, like Camille literally wrote in her notes, no boundaries, awesome. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah, because I mean, I think one of the things that I enjoy so much about um, Lang's character is that, or I should say characters throughout the entire series, mm -hmm. but excuse me, spe uh, specifically in, in this one, this uh, season. Ooh, I am burpy. Excuse me. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I really enjoy is that she is just walks into a room and just commands attention. Yep. She does. I 100%. really, really enjoy that. The first time she walked in with that scene, wrangling up her daughter, mm -hmm. you want to know what she's about. You want to know why she's there. Uh, her character's name, where she lives. I mean, you want to know everything about this character. Yeah. Because, like you said, she just commands the room. Yeah. She's like, I'm here. And you're just drawn in from the first second. You're drawn in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets very... And she doesn't even introduce herself mm -hmm. for the first, like, minute she's yeah. in there. You know, she's just walking in. She's like, oh... What are you doing? How do you like the house? You know, right. what, look at your earrings. Right. Oh, yeah. You know? She gets really, really close to Vivian. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, are those diamonds? And actually tries to touch her earlobes with the diamonds in them. Vivian backs up like, I, I don't even know you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But she does definitely, um, I mean, they're, they put Lang into this trope of this woman who is very strange, but very, very strong. And very just compelling, mm -hmm. which she does very well. Oh yeah, she does wonderfully. She does wonderfully. After the wonderful Jessica Lang leaves, uh, Vivian is the first one into the attic. She's discovering the house. She's going all around the place, and she is the one that discovers the gimp suit. Now, and why do you call it a gimp suit? Um, because that's what they called it in the episode. Yeah. They said, um, Ben said, wow, there's a gimp suit up here. I guess this couple was into some kinky stuff. Yeah, but it's just a full body leather or latex, I guess would be yeah. the proper. And also in, um, do you remember in Pulp Fiction where they're brought down to the basement and that guy's going to do some stuff to him. Oh, There's a guy yeah, yeah, in yeah. the corner of the chain around his neck. Yep. And he has a full body latex. So I just going off media and the <laughs> words that they've used, not taking any liberties here, folks. I'm just going <laughs> off what I hear on the episode. Right. And Vivian calls Ben up to the attic. He sees it. Wow. That's really kinky. Blah, blah, blah. Vivian asks him, please put it in the garbage. Don't want it. And we see him physically take the gimp suit and put it into the garbage. What I thought was interesting, when they find the gimp suit, it is hung up almost like a crucifix. Like, like Jesus on the cross. It's not just laid in the corner. It's not tucked away in a box. It's literally set up yeah. with these windows behind it with light shining through. It's not how you would normally see a latex suit like that yeah. displayed, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, typically if you walk into a shop that sells those suits, they are laid out so that they can dry that way, but there's certainly a... Um, 
Yeah, I didn't an, know an aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know they were laid out to dry that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they usually are hanging like that. Um, but it was definitely some, like, directive uh, insight that put it into why they put it in front of the windows. Because they could have right. put it anywhere in that attic. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I didn't know they were laid out to dry like that. That's really interesting. Also, when you're a realtor selling the house, don't you go through every room? And you would think so. You would think she would see the gym suit up like that. It was previous owners, or it was the owners. Oh, who knows the owners that had it? Why wouldn't she see it and throw it out? Right. So many questions are raised <laughs> just in the <laughs> minute that you see that gym suit. Yeah, yeah, up yeah, like yeah. That. absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I like about movies or TV shows that are about like really old houses Mm -hmm. is that there's always a room where you find a bunch of old furniture, Mm -hmm. um, a bunch of old things like, Oh, like the, like in the conjuring, you know, they find that hole in the wall that leads down to the basement and then there's all that furniture down there and that's where all the activity happens, you know? And like the door opening to the basement and there's all the medical supplies in the, in the fucking jars are still down there, you know? And it's like, that is something that, yes, the realtor did look over, but was it purposeful? Was it more direction-based so that the story could move along? Right, right, you know? Right. I don't know. Um, I feel like throughout this season of Murder House, and maybe all of the seasons of American Horror Story, there's going to be a lot of questions left unanswered that maybe only the director and the writers know <laughs> yeah. the answer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's damn fun to discuss it. <laughs> Damn fun. Damn fun. Uh, Oh, uh, Tate. We get introduced to Tate. Um, Played by Evan Peters. Yes. That name, the more I say it, sounds inappropriate to me. (laughs) I can't help it. It's just... It does. The more you say it, the more it doesn't sound like a name anymore. No. Um, It's unfortunate. But we find out that Ben is a... A therapist and a psychologist because he's giving Tate therapy. Mm-hmm. And Tate is talking about cleansing his school, getting rid of the bad people, and I think even the good people. I, I don't think he discriminated. I think he was just getting rid of, of people. I remember him saying, I don't feel anything when I do it. I just do it. Right, yeah. Well, he was talking about it like it was a dream. Mm-hmm. But, yep. you know, we later find out that it was not. That's true. He did say he keeps having this reoccurring dream mm-hmm. that he's doing this. Like he's like this angel of death almost and yeah, cleansing yeah, yeah. the school. And I, I thought it was um, very like a psychologist for Ben to have almost like a unbiased monotone reaction to everything he was saying which is exactly what a psychologist would do but the moment that Ben sees Tate and Violet together he just loses it. He He's not psychologist anymore. He's dad mm-hmm. that also knows the issues that Tate has and now Tate is in a room with my daughter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he does. He gets really upset. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. You know, I mean, more than he knows. Right, exactly. That's what you call irony. <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> and we, how many characters we introduced to, and just the pilot, 
the housekeeper. Yes, the maid. Myra. Myra, yes. The uh, the old woman to mm-hmm. most, but the young, sexy one. <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, because I watched this a little over a week ago, that she is um, doing sexy things around the house and, and Ben is seeing her. Mm-hmm. Is this the episode where she is touching herself on the couch? That's what I thought. Yep. Because in my mind, are you fucking kidding me? Some old ladies? Like what if what if the mother had walked by? Exactly. What if exactly. Vivian had walked by? One of the scenes, Exactly. One of the scenes, she's trying to seduce him. He's on the couch. And she, he's sitting there, and the maid, Myra, tries to straddle him, taking off her clothes, gets in his face, Violet walks in, and goes, Dad, and turns around, and you see the old lady straddling him. So Violet's thinking, Dad, (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) What is this? There's almost like a slight comedic factor to it. You're creeped out. Why is he seeing her young? Why am I seeing her old? You know, you have all these questions. But just that split second of they're caught and there's an old lady. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. It really is. There's um one factor I forgot to mention is that Ben, the father, keeps waking up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Almost like in a hypnotic daze. And he'll be standing. He's always naked. I don't know why we need to see Hell him. yeah. Always, always naked. And the director makes a point to show us this every time he is. Dead ass. Um, but he's usually standing there in a daze. Um, we don't know why. He doesn't really do anything. One time he started the fireplace up, threw a match in, and the fireplace started yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then one time he was downstairs in the middle of the night. He keeps getting up at the same time. And Jessica Lang's character was standing there. She was in the house. She put her hand on his chest and said... Because he was putting his hand over the burner. Yep, exactly. the oven. He had turned it on. Yep, and she stopped him and really softly was like, it's not your time yet. You need to go back to bed. Why was she in the house? (laughs) So many questions. And this is just the pilot. They They throw so many things at you just with the pilot. Yeah. I know. And one of the characters they're introduced to is Larry, I believe. Yes, Larry Harvey. He's the guy with half his face is burned. Another one of my favorite actors in the American Horror Story. Um, actually wrote down, burned over 70% of his body. And he's been following Ben around. Not the family, just Ben. When Ben leaves the house, when he goes jogging, anything... He's there watching him. Mm-hmm. So Ben finally confronts him. And he's like, why? Why are you following me? What is your problem? And Larry asks him, you know, well, you're living in that house. Are you waking up in the middle of the night and you don't know why? Are you, different occurrences are happening in the house. You can't explain it. Mm-hmm. And he said, I lived in that house too. And voices in that house told me to burn my wife and children in their sleep. Yeah. And he was like, I remember doing it, but I don't remember how I got out of that house. He said he was in jail. He got released because he has a terminal illness. Yeah. And I, 
don't think at this point that Ben believed any of this. Yeah. I think that Ben's trying to be logical. Yeah. He's a psychologist. He's trying to think logically. And I don't think he believes anything this crazy burned up man is saying. Which I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. One of the last uh, scenes we see of the pilot episode is Myra, the maid. She is, um, she walks in on Jessica Lang's character uh, looking through Vivian's jewelry. Mm-hmm. And Jessica. And uh, the maid, excuse me, the maid Myra says, you know, you can't go through her stuff. You can't take her stuff. And Link's like, you know, basically giving her this confidence presence of, I can do whatever the hell I want without saying it. Right. And she's like, well, you know, when jewelry goes missing, they always blame the help anyway. And Jessica Link's character, right up to Myra's face, looks at her and says, don't make me kill you again. Yeah. And that's pretty much how that episode ends. And you're left so many questions. Just in the 45 minutes of that episode. And that's why it's so freaking dangerous that the show is on Netflix. Because then you watch, you're like, oh yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to autoplay for me the next episode? Yeah, I'll watch four or five. Yeah, exactly. Because it keeps you It's like the definition of binge watching. This American Horror Story, this is binge watching. Next episode's playing in five seconds. You're going to sit and watch it? You're going to... Yeah. Yeah. Just just keep going. I'm just going to keep watching. And when you ask me in three episodes if I'm still watching, hell yes. I'm still watching. <laughs> you're on your laptop and that black screen reflects back at you and you can see your face and you're like, yes, I'm still sitting here. I'm still sitting here. I'm still watching it. Still watching. Um, yeah, so what I really enjoyed about this episode was how we are introduced to the characters as we will see them throughout the series. Um, Because at this point, we know that Violet is having a hard time in high school. We know that. I mean, who who fucking doesn't? Right. But (laughs) But we see that her hard time in high school, she's getting in fights. Everyone with their hard time in high school deals with it differently. She's aggressively fighting these other girls that are being mean to her. These are terrible girls, by the way, that are being awful to her. They are. But she's getting in fights. And her mother kind of hints at these, this is a regular occurrence for her mm-hmm. to get in a fight. This wasn't new. This is how Violet deals yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah, yeah. Crappy high school. Yeah. But you were talking about the ordered characters, like how we're going to be introduced to them. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, in the first episode, we learn about uh, Tate and how he's having this recurring dream. And, you know, and the, the irony being that we, not, not necessarily we as an audience, but we as people who have seen the show before, mm-hmm. know what he is capable of. So that's not really applicable to the first episode, but it's it's still, you know, it's like we see that and then we see Ben and we see how, like, just, just the fact that our first introduc- introduction to Ben is him running out of the room naked because he just cheated on his wife. Right, right. You know, that speaks volumes to the rest of the fucking series. Yeah, it's true. It's You get these first impressions 
of everybody. Yeah. And you, first impressions are everything. And Jessica Lange's character is named Constance, correct? Yes. Um, and Constance is just, you can tell she's going to be a fucking powerhouse mm-hmm. this entire season. Um, and it's, it really is, it's, it's almost like you're kind of watching it with Vivian a little bit at this point, because we know a little bit about what's going on in the house, but beyond that, we're just kind of, we're like, oh, we hate the husband. We feel estranged from the daughter. You know, it's like, we are just in her shoes. Yep. Without actually being in her shoes. It's true. And I wanted to mention what a different experience it is watching it over again when you've seen it all the way through. Yeah. And the fact that they can do that with a show where you can watch it over again and experience all new things. Yes, I've seen this before. I know what's going to happen, but you feel totally different about characters because you know what they go through. I mean, everything's changed, but in the best way. Maybe you notice things you didn't notice before. It's just... It's, it's an awesome experience. It is, yeah. And what did you say... Um... You noticed a lot when you watched it that they said, what are you afraid of? Yeah, the characters made a point to keep saying to each other, um, what are you scared of? Uh, What are you so afraid of? Constantly, they're saying that to each other. And it's almost like the writer is making a point for you to hear that. Mm -hmm. For this is what we're addressing in Mm -hmm. this anthology series. Yeah, absolutely. What are you afraid of? Which I thought was very cool my favorite well I guess that's that's episode one of season one yeah I mean I don't think we have any more notes I mean we may um, re-listen to this and decide that we want to mention something at the beginning of the next episode but you know I feel like we've covered everything we want to cover I mean there's there's a lot that you can talk about with the first episode because so much happens. Right. But it really is just meeting the characters and understanding what's happening. And there will be such a deeper connection throughout whatever the episode takes us. It's true. It's or true. wherever. And I'm sure there's stuff that I've left out with season one and like with episode one and what Brittany said that we'll come back. And we'll add more to it, and hopefully, hopefully, you'll stick with us, and you'll keep enjoying the podcast, and we will see you guys soon. Bye!